Roll on, brother. Censored tonight. Nice clean little bandwidth. No one else is using it. Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere uninvited like a dirty thought in a nice clean mind. Guess who? It's me again. The little attitude for all of you in white bread land five o'clock do you care what the mainstream media says you out there you listening what's up fam what's going on i'm good to see you guys all out there happy friday down down goes another week with the quickness man time is flying by uh, and it's been a lot of fun. We've had a great week this week, probably one of the best weeks of on this, uh, you know, that I've ever done, I think. I'm very proud of this week. So if you guys haven't seen the shows, you get a chance this weekend, uh, go check them out. Um, I think what I'm going to do, we had Chrissy Mayer in here, a comedian. Uh, she's getting ready to go on tour around the country, and somehow it just dropped right out as as we were going live. That's why we're running a little bit late here. So, Joe, what I'm going to do, I'm going to reset Zoom here real quick and make sure that uh, she's able to still hop back in here and uh, see if uh, you can ask Dawn to resend that uh, link to her. So let me do that real quick here. You guys will still be able to hear me, but I'm going to lose uh, Joe for one second here, and then um, we'll reset that, and hopefully that'll, that'll be able to bring Chrissy back in here. I don't know what – you know how it goes. Live TV um, basically is what it is, and – I just getting ready to click go live and and Chrissy drops out. So um we'll get that we'll get her back up and we'll uh we'll hopefully have a fun weekend planned for you guys this weekend. That's the plan anyway. 
Uh, the plan is to have uh, a, a, a send-off. <laughs> Your computer's going nuts, too? Uh, that figures. Uh, and there we go. There's Chrissy popping back in there now. So we'll get Chrissy in here in a moment. Let me get off with my uh, – let me start off with letting you guys know what's going on with UncensoredAve.com, where you guys can find us and all of that stuff, and then we'll get Chrissy in here to hang out with us. And we'll probably go kick around a few news stories, things like that. And um, and then we will uh, just kind of hang out with you guys and hopefully have a kind of a relaxing weekend, uh, f- you know, Friday day for you guys uh, as we head you guys into the weekend. So let me bring up uh, the website here so you guys can see this. The podcast is now live on basically anywhere you can find podcasts, Apple, Google, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora should be going live probably this weekend. We'll get that kicked off. But TuneIn and iHeart have been added now, too. So basically, you know, if, if there's a podcast platform, you can find it. We're also on Stitcher, and you can you can find those feeds right here at the top of the website. UncensoredAve.com is where you can find that. Also, previous show content from the week, John Paul Rice's interview from last week is up there. What a great interview. What a great guy. If you haven't seen that, make sure you guys check that one out. That's a really good one. If you want to sign up for the newsletter, it's under construction, just getting started. So we'll get a list going, and then we'll get that kicked off here after we get all the other stuff going in the background that we're working on right now. Also, on the Foxhole.app, YouTube, DLive, uh, CloudHub, Tiger Network, uh, anywhere you can find uh, you know, uh, video streaming, basically. And you can play us live here on the, on the website there right there as well. How you can keep the lights on, scroll down a little bit or hit Sponsor. Check out the sponsors of the show, RiseAttireUSA.com. Check them out or Cash App, Patreon, PayPal. If you drop, if you join Patreon, you get access to the private Discord where you can get exclusive show content and see what we're doing behind the scenes and see your guys' great uh, gear that you helped buy us uh, to help upgrade the channel, which we appreciate very much from you guys. So God bless you all for that. If you want to help, help spread the word or uh, you can help keep the lights on while buying us a cup of coffee. That'd, that'd be great, too. With that, I want to welcome my bro Joe in here, and then we'll say hello to Chrissy. Joe, what's good? How are you doing, bro? What's up? Yeah, like you said, man, glad to be here again today. It was an amazing week. Uh, we started off with uh, something me and you know nothing about, and that is country music. And after we were done with that show, not only did we learn a ton, but I think even uh, a lot of our viewers really appreciated that show. And then, uh, of course, we had Mark Paquita on, uh, who is uh, running, and he's a, a great uh, guest as well. We had a great discussion there. We had Mike Nificent on yesterday from Right Side Broadcasting. Just a great guy. Uh, another great conversation. Then we had Mitchell Gerber on yesterday about organ har- harvesting in China, and that was an amazing conversation. And then we were on with DW Truth Warrior last night, uh, a great guy from Canada. Uh, had a great discussion with him. And then today we get to have Chrissy Mayer on, who I actually got introduced by John Paul Rice because she was on one of his uh, first shows and it didn't quite kick off too, uh, too good with John Paul Rice, but I saw Chrissy just like hop in and she just like took over the show and John Paul, poor, poor John Paul in the background, couldn't get his mic figured out. But I just saw Chrissy just run with it, man. And I was like, who is this girl? So I started doing some research. I started looking into her. She does some great work on podcasts. She's done some amazing interviews with tons and tons and tons of different people. Kind of like what we want to do here at the show is just bring all kinds of different perspectives. So I am happy to introduce Chrissy Mayer. How are you today? 
Oh, hit your on uh, hit the uh, mute uh, mute on mic in the bottom uh, left. There should Jesus be. Jesus Christ! There Hello. you go. Hello, <laughs> thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah, that was fun with John Paul Rice. He is uh, such an interesting guy, and yeah, he was having a technical snafu, and uh, you know, my years of like improv and comedy skills all kicked in. I was like, that's fine. We can turn this into a one woman show while you figure it out. So. You know, I thought I was like spinning the plates, but he's great. Yeah. And um, I've done I've had him on my podcast like two or three times now. And every episode is always over two hours. It's like you have to strap in because it's just his conversations with him. It's like you got to lay down on the couch, get a drink like he's long long winded in the best way. You know, in the best goes, way, it's always he interesting. Deep. He's a very yeah. interesting man. He's very has a very interesting perspective on life, and I, I love people like that. And I, and I think it's awesome that that um, you know you are in that kind of realm as well, where you allow yourself to surround yourself with people like that. There's a there's a lot of closed minded people out there. Who is Chrissy Mayer? How did this happen? How did this happen? <laughs> You're that's looking at the, my website. <laughs> yeah, that's the question. A native, uh, a New York native, Chrissy has appeared on NBC's America's Got Talent, Fox Laughs, Fox's Punchline, the Chris Guitar Show, uh, the Wendy Williams Show. Her many appearances on Sirius XM, Compound Media, and Gas Digital Media have garnered her a loyal fan following as well. Her comedy at Stonewall Show at the landmark Stonewall Inn in New York, New York City received critical acclaim in the New York Times which is not easy to do in the up-and-coming comedy world. Chrissy and Comedy at Stonewall have been selected as part of the New York Comedy Festival three times. That's quite the impressive resume, Chrissy. How you are here talking to this meathead, I have no idea, but I'm thrilled that you're here with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I would never be written. Present day Chrissy would never be written up by the New York Times. That was a, a brief stint. Uh, yeah, I mean, like that blue pilled Chrissy was, yeah, hosted a show. I mean, still, I still love the gays. I loved hosting that show. Uh, and that's the thing is like when I started to get a show on compound media, which, you know, a lot of folks have sort of pigeonholed that now we're going, Oh, it's super right wing. It's like super conservative, whatever, you know, like they love to bring Gavin McGinnis into that conversation. Oh, everyone's a white supremacist. And it's like, so I kind of got pigeonholed as, I don't know, I don't know what, but uh, people like, it's kind of like their brains shut down. They can't compute that somebody who ran a show at the Stonewall Inn for six years, like, also, you know, wants people to keep their guns and also like voted for Trump. It's like when people can't put you in a box, it I think it makes them a little angry. So I guess I've been doing that for a few years steadily now. There it, it is. It's got to be weird. That's kind of let's start off with that. It's got to be weird in, in this society right now to be a, to attempt to be funny. I mean, I would imagine that it is you you go to many venues where you where people expect to come in and laugh and it's very hard to understand the crowd. How do you how do you analyze a crowd when you first kind of understand, you know, who, who am I speaking to? Who's my audience? How do you do that process? It's it's different every time. Like I was just in Dallas, like I um I flew into Dallas to do shows at uh, this club called Hyenas and I flew in Sunday February 14th, Valentine's Day, it was like right when the snow was hitting and things power was being lost. Like I was like, this show might. There to like do some shows at the blaze and just like hang out. 
And uh, so I was just, and then I'm like in my hotel room, like, <laughs> like, you know, like I might freeze to death at this Hyatt, you know, right. and then it, and then it happened. But I was like, you know, I had my preconceived notions of I'm taking my sneakers off. I'm doing a Mr. Rogers, just getting comfortable here. And uh, I just was like, oh, Texas is going to be so it's red state. You know, it's going to be easy. I, you know, I don't have to tiptoe around anything and. And so I get there and then I had like, you know, this, the snafu with Ted Cruz had happened, you know, he went to, he did a little oopsie in, in Cancun and then came right back. So I had like, I wrote this little joke about him. Like, how do you guys feel about Ted Cruz? They're like, they were all like, boo. And I was like, oh, and then you talk to people and they're like, oh yeah, Dallas is like pretty liberal city, but I can kind of feel it out. Like I, no matter what show I'm in or like state I'm in. I always listen to the host and the feature, like whoever goes before you. And to me, a really good sign is if the crowd is like laughing at dirty stuff, like anything sexual, anything like, you know, taboo, yeah. then I know they're probably going to like me. Okay. But that's the job of every comic is like, you have to kind of charm the audience each time, no matter who they are, no matter, even if they're super old, even if they're like their politics don't line up with yours. It's like, that's too bad. That's your job, you know, get them to like you. And then, get them to maybe laugh at something they didn't think they'd be laughing at, which is the best reward. It's like, you kind of trick them into laughing. Like, oh, <laughs> I just laughed. <laughs> I just laughed at a Biden joke. Oh right? my God. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Go back to like when you first started, like uh, thinking about when you wanted to be, become a comedian, I can't even imagine what, what it's like to, you know, I'm I'm sure that you grew up and, and it was kind of easy for you to make people laugh. But going for that official transition, can you talk about that that official decision to like, OK, I'm actually going to go after this. How does that process work? Yeah, it's weird because, you know, like you always have your parents or grandparents being like, you were always funny, you know, <laughs> or like family members always like to take credit, especially when you have like a little bit of success. Like I remember I would be like four years old, apparently like at church. And um, I had like a paper bag on my hand that I called Danny the donkey. And I just would like get up on stage when like the other older kids were doing like a performance. And I just would like talk to my hand and like talk to the people and they had to get the big, you know, the big, like, what's it called? The big like cane out with the hook or whatever, like get her off. <laughs> um, so I guess I kind of liked I guess that's a, that was the first indication of like, you know, liking attention. And then, you know, having daddy issues never, never hurts when you're a female <laughs> getting into comedy. It's like cla all the classics is either that or porn. But um, when I was, <laughs> I thought I really wanted to be a reporter. So I went to college, like communications degree, whatever. I, I, I interned at Dateline when I was in college, which was like, uh, on NBC, it was like a news magazine show, whatever, with Stone Phillips. And I get there and I'm like, oh, this is the most boring fucking thing I've ever done. <laughs> like, this is the everyone around me is boring. Stone Phillips is boring. And then it's like, they tell you, yeah, you got to move out to Alaska and then work your way back. And I was like, hell no. And then I <laughs> managed to get an internship at late night with Conan O'Brien when he was still in New York before he moved out to LA, before even the snafu with like the Tonight Show. Um, so I interned as a senior at Conan, like you're just getting, you're still just getting people coffee. It's like, I went from getting coffee for people in news to coffee for people in comedy, but I felt enough, like, 
oh, this is exciting. These are my people. Like, this doesn't feel like so precious. You don't feel like you have to be so professional and like buttoned up or whatever. Laughed a little more than you did on it with. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, this feels good. <laughs> and then all the, the couple of the writers are very cool. And I would chat with them and they were like, if you're interested in comedy, go into improv. So I did that for five years and it was good. It was like that little girl that liked to get on stage. Like it was, it was good for that. And uh, you build skills. Like you find out you're really good at making animal noises or you find out you're good at accents or like whatever it is. And you learn to listen. Cause a lot of people go into improv, like they're just kind of ugh, like theater kids that are kind of insufferable. And then you yeah. get like the, the guy who's like, I'm just trying to work on my public speaking for my job, you know? And, uh, and then you get the guy that's like, I'm divorced. I'm trying to get back out there, you know, <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> So it's a mix. Whereas in standup, it's kind of more you have like hardened uh, comics, you know, like you have like your road comics and then you have maybe like, you know, your woke comics, especially in New York City, your woke comics that like they'll only perform in New York or L.A. They oh, call every God. state a flyover that is state. Be so mindlessly boring. And that they're arrogant about it. You know, they just think that. New York and LA are the shit and, and nothing else exists. But that's what was so great about the pandemic is that right. you get to see all these comics like get so slapped in the face with reality because it's like, guess what? For months and months, the only places you could really get a lot of work would be Florida or in the middle of the country or whatever. Like New yeah, York is still that, shut that, down. You know, a lot of us have had our lives thrown upside down and, 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 you know, we've talked to several musicians where for them, they just be a lot of bands have broken up. It's just, they have not been able to survive this. Talk about that for you, because, you know, you're kind of like right in the peak of, of, you know, what you want to be doing in your life. And it kind of puts a big wrench into things. What is, what's it been like for you for the last year? It's been, you know, I always think it's important to like, whenever shit comes along is like, find the opportunity. And I think honestly, in a good way, it was, uh, like my mom died in August of 2018, like brutal, horrible brain cancer, oh, <laughs> like God. probably top two worst ways to die. <laughs> but like, uh, and it was horrible and just like, nothing can prepare you for that amount of grief. However, it opened up so much space in like my heart and mind and soul. Cause I spent, I think a lot of my adult life, just like worrying about her well being emotionally. And like, you know, anybody who has a parent where like, they felt like they were the parent, like they had to take the kids had to take care of the parents in some way, you know, like emotionally. We can so when that, relate. yeah, you're just like, cause I learned early on, same thing with like being a little kid that realizes they're funny. It's like, Oh, mom and dad would fight. Dad would just fuck off. And then I'd be kind of, and I had two siblings too, but I just felt like maybe I was the most like empathetic or whatever, or something about being a youngest child. I don't know, third child, but I was like, I was able to perk her up, you know, when she'd be like sad from a fight or something. So I'd be like, as a kid, you're like, Oh, this is my value. This is like, what I bring to the table here. Like I can, I have the power to like make mom happy again and, and like forget about shit. So that of course grew. Um, so, but when she died, all this space opened up and like what flowed in was everything I hadn't been giving myself, like truly thinking about like career wise, what do I want to accomplish? You know, um, like my career exploded in the, the couple of years since she's died. And it's crazy because it's like I've been I've been like what feels like slogging away at stand up for 10 years. But it was you can't deny that in the last couple of years. 
things have just gotten so much better and uh, been in more of a flow and more followers and figuring out like, you know, your message, your brand. People tell you that a lot when you start stand up, like find your voice. And you're like, what is that? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I get that completely doing, you know, doing this. It's the same kind of thing. You got to, you got to find where it fits and and just try not to, you know, try to become really good at that and then expand from there. And then so when I first started stand up, it's like you see the kind of template set before you like by other female comics. And you're like, OK, I already kind of was this way. Like I was a total lib out of college, hating dudes, feminists, all that. And that was kind of the template of like the typical female comic. It's like we're all kind of making dick jokes. and I, But then slowly over time, I'd be like, well, I don't hate men. Like I need this shelf hung up, you know, like it's hard to be a. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I always say like I was a feminist until my tires go flat. And then you're like, I'm sorry, come back. <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding. I need you to take the air conditioner out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> and then like over time, as I got older, like you make these realizations and I was like slowly like peeling off from the left, like politically and definitely from a sense of humor standpoint, because I found the stuff I was laughing at, like wasn't PC, wasn't woke. I started going on compound media and I was like, oh, these are my people. Like we can just be so silly and, and no one's like, you know, you don't have to tiptoe and uh, walk on eggshells and no one's going to call you a racist because nobody is, you know, it's like, we're just joking around. Yeah. It's like how comedy should be. And then I found as I was peeling away from the left, like politically and from a sense of humor standpoint, like I also was like finding my people, finding fans, having more fun followers go up I gain a lot of success and then these people down here you notice like they kind of start to come at you attack you call you racist call you white supremacist it's like but I know if I wasn't doing better than them there would not they always say like the booze come from the cheap seats you know so it's been a lot of that over the past few years but what's been good about the pandemic it's like yeah I was already um all about performing all over the country and I didn't like look down my nose at people that weren't from New York or California like I'm always like yeah I'm I'm down like I could see myself living in a Florida or a Texas or whatever so it was kind of like sweet 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 karma because now these people that were like arrogant about performing in the rest of the country it's like well they kind of got fucked because they at and I, I should have asked if I could curse on here. Oh, I fuck it. Done That's it like why it's called 60 uncensored. times. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're totally good. Yeah. So they yeah. kind of just like, oh, but, and then you get the self-righteousness and these are also the same people that are like, it's not safe. It's not safe. You can't open up clubs again. And it's like, you haven't done shit all year. Like we've all watched it. Like comics at this point, you know, who's been working and you know, who hasn't. And the people that are bitching and saying that things aren't safe are the people who have done nothing. And, um, it's been an interesting little shakeup. It's also been like a, an amazing kind of equalizer. So um, when you, when you yeah. talk to people about, let me, actually, let me get to that in a little bit. What, do you have, like, I look back at some of the comedy of, um, you know, way back, you know, but the trendsetters that, you know, the Richard Pryor's of the world and stuff. And I don't know if you've watched Richard Pryor's stuff recently, but, but that dude went from just naturally being hilarious to making fun of, of the life that he started to live. Like, like mm. he became his own, his own, his own joke basically. And, and basically he started telling uh, his his life stories and people not realizing that that he's just telling his life story were dying laughing about it 
but he hit he hit on all the hard topics of how you are paraded out as a as a, a trophy piece. Hmm. How have have you looked? Have you thought about that that transition of where we've come from comedy uh, back then to 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 now? And does that do you see that as you know something that worries you? As that that if you become successful to the point where you know you, you basically get used as a as a money machine. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Interesting. Like I've never been like, I still don't think I'm successful. Like I still like I've my whole, pretty much my whole comedy career. I've always had at least one or two other jobs. Like, um, I, you know, sometimes you meet these comics, how they come from money. They have rich parents. They just never have to work. And like, that was never my deal. And I think all those jobs for me, like built up so many, I bet, I mean, it sounds People are like, you should, my people, I mean, my boyfriend, he's like, you need to write a book. Like you have all these crazy stories about day jobs and stuff. And, um, like just insane. Like I worked for Tommy Matola. I worked for a hedge fund. I worked for an, uh, in admissions and an all boys private prep school in New York city. Um, I worked like making wires for fashion week. Like I, uh, advertising, like I've everywhere, you know? So I would always work like my nine to five or whatever, and then go out and hit the mics and then either like go back home when, when I live with my parents in Long Island or like, you know, end up in my apartment at like, you know, between midnight and 2 a.m. or something. And you just do that for years. Um, yeah. And I feel like I've just always made sacrifices and um, like my mom would give me shit. She'd be like, you're, you're wasting your best dating years doing comedy. I mean, she wasn't wrong, but like, She'd be like, you're with these weirdos, you know, like there are a lot of weirdos in comedy. It's like, no, I wasn't, you know, going to like the husband store, as they say, like right. certain bars in New York City, you go hang out, you know, just, you know, sort of in front of a steakhouse with your ass out. I don't know. I don't know what the gals are doing, but like, you know, <laughs> doing the right things to like meet the right kind of guy to be sort of, I don't know, oh, set you have, up. You have but to I present just, yourself in a certain way to get the Yeah, right you have to have guy. open body language, just sort of be like bent over a table. I don't know. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't doing it. You but it's like it you, right? can't, you can't follow your parents. Like your, my parents didn't know what was best for me. They didn't really see my strengths. Like I was telling this other guy, this other show, and I was like, my mom's biggest dream for me was like, she's like, go work at a hotel. Like she thought that would be the life, like just working in concierge at a hotel. Um, so, and it's cause she, you know, she was a secretary and I, I had this joke, like my mom was like, yeah, go to college, study hard. And when you graduate, Chrissy, you could be anybody's assistant, you know, like the bar <laughs> was never super high and I've always had to work. And I also from being raised like front with parents that like always fighting about money, it's kind of like this feeling of like, don't ever, don't you dare cost anybody money. Always have a job. Don't ask for a loan or a handout. So it's been like just fucking rough. You know, it's just like so many sacrifices. You're not, I'm not out like, tra like traveling. Here's my like Instagram of places I've gone, like the sort of basic chick life of somebody my age. And it's like, I'm not like, I didn't get married and have kids. So, and then you have moments where you're like, should I have done that? And now I'm at the place where I'm like, no, I'm good. I, this is all meant to be like, I truly do feel like things happen as they should. And, um, 
so it's just like it's never been glamorous it's never been it's always like you run out of your day job it's, it's kind of though. like like superman like i don't know or whatever whoever is like i always feel this like secret identity let your hair down you're doing makeup on the subway you're just like changing into high heels or whatever um because there's like stage chrissy you know but you can't be stage chrissy at your day job because they're you're, people are gonna start asking questions and then i'd make the mistake early on like in my first few day jobs of telling people and then uh, it's it never ends well. It's like they'll either come to your show and then they they really like you and then word gets around. But then you kind of ultimately get fired for that because it's like, oh, well, you're not serious about answering phones here. If you're going to do comedy at night. <laughs> yeah. Where do you see yourself in five years here answering phones? <laughs> I'll, I'll Forever until I die. Yeah, <laughs> I'll work my routine into my into my gig. It'll be fun. It'll be great. It's like they the companies say they want like a fun person. It's like until they get one. It's like, yeah, until I show up like hungover, smelling like dick. It's like, sorry, you hired me. <laughs> you <laughs> had a good night, though. You get the baggage that comes with. Hey, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. So you've got a lot coming up. I mean, you're getting ready. In fact, you're getting ready to do some shows over by me. Maybe you and I could have a little talk. Uh, hmm. You're going to be over here in Appleton, Wisconsin, doing four shows in middle oh. of, in the beginning of May. Actually, we're moving those dates, but yes, I'm definitely, I got bumped for Adam Carolla, but I definitely am still coming to Appleton, Wisconsin. We just have to, I got to figure out new dates with the club, and, but that was a recent little switcheroo, gotcha. um, but I'm definitely still coming there. Yeah, I have the, I have my domestic terrorist tour because people started calling me and my people, I mean, the fucking jealous lib comics, you know, jealous and well, also dumb. You know, it's part of this group of people who thinks anybody who was in D.C. on January 2nd is like an insurrectionist and a domestic terrorist. And I'm like, no, you effing morons. Like I was there to do interviews and to check it out and like show my fans what was really going on, because mainstream media would always just do a quick flyover and be like, there's no one here. It's a non-event. I was going to, so, I was actually going to ask you about the January 6th. Cause me, uh, me and my brother were there as well. Uh, and I, I kind of was looking through your Facebook and saw that you had uh, some things from, from January 6th. Can you, in your opinion, in kind of a short, I know it's not easy because I still, to be honest with you, I mean, two months later, I'm still kind of processing everything that happened that day. But can you kind of give me because, I mean, you're kind of more recently awake. Is that correct? Yeah. Like really it started in maybe like 2018 um, when I met this guy, Larry Sharp, who ran for as a libertarian candidate governor for New York. And he started to open up my mind and I started to really like shift my identity. I was like, oh, shit, maybe I am more libertarian. And like figuring out what that was, but then it really was like the beginning of the pandemic, like last March when like the just like the whole conspiracy world opened up to me and I was like, oh, my God. You know, it's so like funny because we talked about while while this was going on, we talked about how this COVID has actually turned into probably what I would consider the Great Awakening to happen because literally everybody was locked down and had nothing better to do besides go online. Is that kind of what happened to you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I had all the time and all the internet and I had done Sam Tripoli's podcast in March of last year. Cause that was the last time I have, I was like going to do a big tour and I was going to start in LA and then from March to May of last year, going to do all these dates. And so I did like the one date in LA and it was just as things were like happening. And I, you know, 
there were people at my show, but not as many as I expected. I remember being on stage being like, you know, this was going to be sold out, but all my fans were on a cruise ship heading to China. Like, you know, I was just like, (laughs) where is everyone? And, um, and then I remember like I was in this grocery store, like the day I had to fly back, it might've been the 12th of March or something like that. The 11th or the 10th. I just remember feeling like the panic in this grocery store in like uh, West Hollywood. And I just was like, oh, this is pre-mask. But people were buying up like alcohol, like rubbing alcohol and shit. And I, and I bought some because I was like, I guess this is what we're all doing. And I bought smaller like Listerine bottles, poured out the Listerine, put the alcohol and then like just three or four of these bottles and then took them on the plane with me. I was like, I guess I have this alcohol. Never did anything with it. Like I literally just the other week, like threw it out. Like, what was I, they were all this, there was all this panic buying going on. Right. Like I'm going to, I'm going to make my own concoction and like just dump it on myself. I don't know. (laughs) And, but before that I did Sam's podcast and I went to go on to just talk about aliens, like just something easy and obvious and just through talking to him and a couple of the other guys that were on the show, it was, it had to be, I think it was like Tom Hanks that really kind of like flipped a switch for me. I was like, yeah, he does seem overly like America's sweetheart. Like what, what's up there. And then, oh, I watched fall the cabal series. I watched out of shadows. And then it was like a lot of nights, like up till 4am, like what the fuck, you know, just everything <laughs> oh is exploding. God, sounds like me. <laughs> Woo. Oh God. You know, like learning about underground tunnels, yeah. and Vatican, and it just, it's like everything. And then once you're kind of like willing to believe a couple things, you're like, sure. What else? Just, you know, I just yeah. throw it on me. Why not? It's, you know, it's so weird how that happens because that's I mean, my brother has been doing shows for a long time and I woke up, I guess, about. Uh, yeah, I guess about three years ago. Has it been that long, Al? Yeah, yeah. probably about three years. And he kind of like threw a video. I mean, I was the same way as you were. And I just like every video. I mean, all the way back to like, uh, you know, JFK to JFK Jr. to, you know, 9-11 to, yeah. you know, just every like conspiracy like ever, dude. I, I went down this huge rabbit hole. And so then, you know, obviously you had that awakening during the COVID lockdown, which, like I said, to me was perfect for like a great awakening for a lot of people. And then you go on January 6th um, to go there. What, what was, what was your experience there? Um, And just kind of, you know, quickly tell me what you, what you thought about how that all went down. It was like, I was excited to go because I had gone in November and I had gone in December and there was not much media coverage at all. So I was like, all right, well, I know the media isn't really fairly covering this. And I want to, at least for my followers to show them what it's like. And like, of course I was in there in a media capacity. Like I wasn't there decked out in Trump gear, but it's like, I bought some Trump gear. Like I, maybe there's a, in another dimension. I would have been decked out. Cause it's like, I voted for him. Like I was a fan. I was on board. I like Trump people. So, but I, I'm there trying to be like this person of the media self self-proclaimed media person. So, and I wanted to get oh, interviews and talk to people. So, so I was like looking neutral. Right. So and I was excited because I, it was the first time I had met John Paul Rice and my friend Riss Flex, who has a good YouTube channel as well. Like, and kind of she helped with the with my awakening, too, because she just was always very researched. And if you ever watch any of her videos, she's like the sweet, small, like looking 27 year old girl. But she's just like drops all these bombs. And you're like, wow, like 
So I kind of like became like a pen pal with her. She did an episode of my podcast, like same thing, like over the last year, like kind of become friends and met this, the coolest people I've probably met in my life. And it's, it's interesting because you also have like the flaking away of longtime friends yeah. and acquaintances and people who just reveal themselves to be shitty people. And, yeah. uh, oh, but the, all the while they'll say you've changed, you know, oh, you're spiraling, you're out of control. <laughs> and it's like, what? And it's always people you were so nice to for years, but whatever. Yep. I feel like p- people sort of make their way out of your life when they kind of, you know, have served their purpose, I, I guess. Totally agree. I agree. And it's, and this happened to me a lot. I mean, I have, I have a lot of people that I, that I always kind of love. I always have a place in my heart that, you know, that I always appreciate, but that the old friendships have, that's the one thing that it always changes, but you're right though. I mean, the people that I've met over the past three years have been just the most amazing conversations I've ever had with people. I've never had a chance to talk to anybody that, you know, that uh, goes and stands in front of people and, you know, makes fun of a, a heckler as a skill. I, it is awesome that you're here. It's, it's, you have, you have a ton of stuff come on, coming up. You have basically, I, I, if I'm wrong, if I'm not wrong, you're getting ready to go on a pretty big tour. Am I wrong? Oh yeah. Big tour. Yeah, I uh, it kicked off in Dallas a couple week a couple weeks ago, um, but then I'll be in well actually Morris Plains and some of these shows are mixed in with like comedians of the compound shows um, that include some of the comics from Compound Media. So like Aaron Berg, who's a fucking murderer, like probably the funniest, most talented uh, comic out of there. Nice. If, I, if I'm not including myself, right. <laughs> like Gino Bisconti, he's like a fucking wild man. He like doesn't care. He actually made these stickers. Gino COVID is the flu with a better publicist. And he had <laughs> nice. these all, he had oh these my all God, printed. I totally shared that man. He had these all printed and he gave me a stack to go to DC. He's like, hand these out, spread the message. And there's merch, like there's shirts and hoodies with this on there. So they're fun. And we're all kind of like, awake you know which helps and uh so there's a couple of dates thrown here thrown in there with those guys there's some that are just me headlining there's some it's me and tim young who i also connected with on january 6th like he came he had done stand-up but he also you know was spending time like as a political personality and like huge twitter presence you know um he he's like he's like a big twitter deal so it was, it's, it's been fun to like meet and connect with these people. And I just expected it to be the same as November and December. Like we're here, we're pro- people are protesting. You meet kooky characters, people in funny costumes. You know, this guy was in a skeleton costume with a sign that said, I voted for Biden nine times. That's, <laughs> that's what I love. Like, I love the funny signs. I love, it's also interesting to see like people like from China being the most vocal and outspoken yeah. about warning about communism and the CCP <laughs> and they're like dead serious, you know? And, and then yeah, also, you know, yesterday, actually yeah. there, there was a big crowd there and actually I, I ran into some of them over here in Wisconsin too. They've been, there was a few of them in Arizona when I was there, there were some in Atlanta. They have been doing that circuit too, trying to raise awareness. That, that, that's, that's the thing that was the untold story for me, Chrissy was, was the eclectic group of people that were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I always talk about Prometheus. Prometheus is a guy he's super passionate about foreskin like he has you look at him you go oh he's insane I don't want but I was like I gotta talk to this guy and he's got these big signs and he's wearing a sandwich board and his like hands are like either covered in like marker or dirt you can't tell he's you know he's a kooky guy and his signs is like you should be able to sue your parents for 
for circumcising you. And then you talk to him and he's like, all the serial killers are circumcised, you know, he, he's like you got you got to put your taint in the sun he's got a lot of suggestions he's got a lot of ideas about what people to do but he also makes a lot of good points like you know about water and vitamins and getting off pills and stuff so i was like i love this prometheus guy i think i saw him like two out of the three times i was in dc and uh he's just like nuts so i i think on my youtube like i did a live stream and ran into him um so those guys I love meeting. And then there was like a weird crew of people that like they had the black cloaks on. I don't know if they were religious, like everyone's kind of there doing their thing. And I remember we got up really early that day, me and Riss, because we're staying at the hotel together. I'm like, we're going to get up so early and get to the, what's called, not the Freedom Plaza, but the, um, the ellipsis or something. Yeah, the Because they're like, oh, Trump is going to speak at 11. And, but, but other speakers are going to start at like nine. So we got there at like, eight and it was so full so crowded we weren't like we wanted to be like in the front front with like media but we just didn't get there early enough so we we're just with the regular people back by the washington monument but it's still cool i still got a really great like panoramic shots just people like as far as the eye can see in every direction and it's so cold you know they hear the conspiracy people behind you talking like they made it extra cold for us today you know <laughs> right. like whoever's in charge of the weather <laughs> they're turning it up and i was like it is really cold it is it was bone and, chilling oh it was so cold and then i think trump you know as you know like he spoke a little bit later than planned maybe he got on like closer to 12 and people say oh he spoke later to keep the people from going to the capitol because he knew that there were secret people gonna bust in i don't i don't know like a lot of those details are are like unclear to me but i know that like riss and i like we were cold so we left in the middle of him speaking because we, we we just had to get moving again like she's like so she's like a hummingbird she's like freezing to death over there I at least have some like quar storage going on. <laughs> so we started walking and, um, you know, there's a huge procession. There's people walking with us because that was the next meeting point. It was like Trump's going to speak at 11. It was like nine something, 11 Trump and then one o'clock Capitol. It was always a planned, as you guys know, planned marching point. Yep. There were graphics and images going around like, oh, it was it was like the night before Freedom Plaza at nine. And then Wednesday morning, it was like 9, 11, and then 1 p.m. Capitol. So it was never like inspired by anything Trump was saying. It was like, no, this is just the next spot. And as we know from like past marches or protests, like people go to the Capitol building all the time, you know, like they went to uh, protest Kavanaugh. They went with like the fucking the pussy hat. People have done that. So it's like they let, you know, when it's the left doing it, they call it participating in democracy. But when the right does it, it's, you know, you're a domestic terrorist. So we're walking on over there and, um, like me and risk kind of hung out by like the reflection pool. I think we were on the North side of the Capitol building. Gotcha. It was like the side with the scaffolding and uh, the, near the reflection pool. And it was just like a day in the park. Like, and for a while we didn't walk right up to the building. It took us a while to, we just saw people walking up like nothing. Like it was not a big deal. There were no like barricades even. And we're like, Oh, this is chill. There's families, there's kids, there's dogs. Like they're all just walk. So we're like, hey, let's just walk up there. Sure. Let's try to get better pictures, better videos. Sure. And then we get there and uh, like, yeah, we saw 
you know, the classic photo of like the stone wall with people like climbing up, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, so I was near that, but I just thought, I really just thought people were mostly climbing up to just get like a better picture of themselves. Like, Hey guys, I'm in, I'm like, I'm up on the building. I really didn't think people were going into where the con like the meetings happen you know i right. just i didn't think they were like really getting in there like how would they even know where to go you know exactly and um so i just figure all right so we're there and you're you know you're just getting shots of everybody there and it was very chill people weren't even really leaving litter behind people had music it seemed like i don't know almost like a woodstock you know people were just chilling with their guitars and their dogs and their picnics and their kids and uh yeah some people were climbing up over but you weren't seeing like cops you weren't seeing people getting reprimanded you weren't seeing you know maybe there were a couple of like like uh i don't know booms or maybe smoke bombs or something but i wasn't seeing people getting like gassed you know mm -hmm. and then when i talked to my friends at work for like the one cameraman who works for, I think like Weber's way, he was around the other part of the building. And he said, he saw somebody come with a wire cutter. He said, he saw somebody with a, um, like a, not a jackhammer, but like a sledgehammer. And it's like, okay, well that's sketchy. Cause normal people don't bring that to right. a protest. So, but again, I, we, I didn't know that wasn't even until later. Like I didn't even hear it from that guy till like the next day. And we didn't even know, crazy shit had really gone down until we were all leaving until we were all walking away at like five or six or something. And then we, our phones are again, coming back. Right. Cause service was so terrible. I even bought like a Verizon hotspot that I like had to promptly return. I'm like, you promised me this would work. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's going to be thousands of people. Um, so no, things aren't going through, you know, maybe I got one or two tweets out or something. But uh, like you're putting it all together as you're walking away at the end of the day and you're like, oh, shit, like all of us, like we didn't even see we didn't see Viking guy. We didn't see podium guy like I was there for three days. Like I never saw any of these people that yeah. became like so famous for getting in. So it sucks that that's the impression. But clearly that's like what the MSM wants people to believe. And I think they were like probably begging for something like wanting something like this to happen so bad so they could paint us in a bad light when really it's like those of us that were there know that 99.9% .9 of the people there, it was just like a day in the park. It's like waving your flag, you know, buy a $20 shirt, yep. get a hot dog, go home. So, and it's like, if they wanted to fuck shit up, they could have and easily because these are the people who have all the guns. So I think people showed like immense restraint and respect and it just blows that like the few, like naughty few people, um, and it's, it's just wild. It's just wild because you look at what happened all summer with BLM and Antifa causing far like thousand percent more damage and, uh, killing. And, uh, but yet like anybody was January 6th, oh, you got an FBI poster and the wanted faces. And even still to this day, like they're burning down government buildings in like Portland or whatever. And like, nobody gives a shit. So it's that's like crazy making material like it's it's almost like you know you have a crazy ex that wants you to snap like that i feel like that's how like the government and the media is treating yep. anybody even anybody who's just not a crazy liberal you know that includes the middle that includes slightly left of center anybody conservative anybody right of center i mean you know
Do you keep? Do you still keep in touch with uh, with some of the you know the, the people that lean left? Do 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 they have opinions about uh, what happened with this election? Do they kind of just taking taking it on its face value uh, or? You know, like good friends, unfortunately, not really. And I just was talking to like so I've been seeing this therapist since my mom got sick, and uh, I just realized I've been seeing her. This is literally last night. I was like, I think I have to break up with my therapist because like. I feel her kind of judging me on like the fact I voted for Trump and like, I'm trying to explain to her the January 6th stuff. And I'm trying to explain to her like for a year, she's been hearing me talk about this, like comedy community and how it's like high school and people that are, you know, trying to cancel you are actually just jealous. And it's like, but only recently since I sort of like outed myself as a Trump person, it's like, I feel judged. I'm like, I think I have to break up with my therapist, you know, like I don't, cause she's like a classic, like like a liberal New Yorker, you know, she's like a therapist in New York City. I mean, like, OK, like, what are the odds? She's not going to agree with me politically, right. but I've kind of grown into this over the past few years. And so it's like, ugh, you can't really have it. That's like and then <laughs> it's so crazy. It's like and at the end of the last session, she's like, um, I'm going to try to start charging $80 now. And I'm like, I think I don't think I want to pay $80 an hour to like feel judged. If you I'll want. just call my dad. I'll just call my dad. Yeah, for free. <laughs> just go if online for free, really. Yeah, I'll just check my DMs. Yeah. <laughs> if you want, yeah, we can just do this more often. And I, I, I mean, I'll even do it for free if you want. <laughs> but am I still friends with? Yes, I am. Like it's always, it's always like the the lib, liberal friends that cut away from me. It's never me unfriending anybody or casting anybody out of my life or being like, I'll never talk to you again. It's always the other way around. Like, oh, have you even? know anybody who was in dc on january 6th never talk to them again like the left loves cutting people out of their life because i think they just they see examples of that like and the, because they're they have they've been non-stop like people are telling them you need to break up with your trump voting boyfriend you need to you need to cut off your dad who who is republican or you need to cut off your uncle who voted for trump it's like they glamorize this like self-isolation or something like i remember this it was an article in like cosmo or marie claire and it was like why you should break up with your boyfriend for voting for trump and i'm like this is disgusting like they're it's like as if feminism wasn't bad enough it's like you're gonna add this too until it's literally just like you and your cat by yourself with no community your 12 cats you mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's probably how it would end up you one know, for one, each election cycle. Yeah, I just got another cat. <laughs> you know, I saw recently uh, that you actually interviewed Cat Turd. Yes, I did. I was not expecting a, a man, like a grown man with a Southern accent at all. Yeah, I was yeah, wondering, I've, what's Cat Turd like? Cat Turd is the chillest uh, of the chill. Like, he's just the coolest dude. He's like unfazed, unflappable, like uncancelable. Um, he just, he's like, yeah, they took away 30,000 of my followers in the purge. I don't know, whatever, you know, like he's just, (laughs) and I think like, he's very humble too. Like Trump, like retweeted him. I think he's had a lot of like secretly very famous big time people reach out to him. And then, but that's the thing. It's like, he grew up poor and that gives you a ton of character. Like, I mean, I grew up like Long Island poor, which is just like no maid, no pool, but I still felt poor, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I felt like I was missing out, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Buy you a BMW. 
No, God, no, no. I always, we all drove used cars. In fact, it was like so fun. Like I remember my sister drove this one like Plymouth Voyager or like Plymouth van. It was like a brown van. I called it the toaster because it would heat up a lot in the summer and there was no AC. It would just, and then one time she was like adjusting the rear view mirror and it just came off in her hand <laughs> and there was no horn and we were both lifeguards. So I had to roll down the window and like blow my lifeguard whistle. Like, cause we didn't have a horn. I'd be like, brr, brr. coming through. <laughs> But that's that's like fun. Like, I don't know. But yeah, everybody I went to high school with drove like a Jetta or a, like a brand new whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I'll just drive my building character mobile. Wait, wait, so, where was I? What was the point? Oh, I, 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 I screwed that oh, all cat up. Turd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I went to cat turd. But the reason why I brought it up is because he had a tweet today, which I which I, I followed, been following for a while. But well, actually, it was a retweet of Jack Pasevic. If you know mm-hmm. who that is. Yes. He said, uh, Jack Pacific says, Marco Rubio is an open borders forever war neocon who Ooh. has no credibility as a populist. And Cat Turd's response was, just wait until I officially change my name to Cat Turd and primary Rubio in 2022. I'm going to make him call me Mr. Cat Turd. <laughs> wow. And then you hear his voice. And that's how he speaks. Like, yeah, he's just like, no fuss. It's almost nope. like, you know, you see like a, a quirky cartoon. He's a cartoon cat, you know, and you always assume like accounts like that is like, I don't know, somebody in there like 20s or 30s, like smart. I don't know. Like, of course, cat turd is smart, but like I expected, a, I think a millennial, maybe even a girl. I don't know. I just was like, mm-hmm. it was so nice and refreshing because I'm like, you hear his voice like, oh, this is a real person. You know, it's exciting that this he kind of represents like all of us in a way, in a way, but yeah, it's great. It's, it's, he's confident. He's not worried about being canceled. He's not worried. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, my mom doesn't even know. He's like, she's 76 and she still hasn't called me cat turd yet. So she doesn't know. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, and I'm asking all these questions like, yes, your Twitter handles cat turd too. Is there a reason for the number two? He's like, cause that's a number two. Cause it's a poop. And I was like, oh yeah, like, there's, <laughs> there's no smart, like, like, rep- oh, cause it's, cause Cause it's a yeah, number two. Of course. It, of course it is. <laughs> yeah. And people, he has such like, uh, such fans, you know, like so much fan art, like people putting, you know, making little animated videos of like Trump with cat turd, like, it's so great. It is. It was, it was so a lot, silly. It was a lot of fun. I mean, that's what I miss about the last three years. It was so much fun to to mess around online and stuff. And it was yeah. You, know, you, you kind of felt like Trump was messing with us too at times. It was it was so much fun. And it's it's sad that it's over. I guess you know we have to look. We have to live in reality, and we have to do what we can to to just continue on. I mean, it's it's the world that we live in is is not a uh, a honky dory place <laughs> as much it's, as the, yeah. our parents want us to grow up thinking it is. Yeah, and I miss I miss Twitter daddy so much. It's like why are we even, you know, like without Trump, it's like, oh, but that's the thing is like all these angry libs, it's like they they're shouting into a void if they're still mad at Trump. I mean, they were even when he was still on Twitter, but like yeah, he's out. You guys won. Oh, you're still really angry. That's weird. And then who gets the anger? It's just like anybody with any kind of a different voice. Right. Oh, uh, it's been so much fun. I'm so glad you're hanging out. You want to come? You want to hang out for another hour and take some calls from some people, or do you want to? Okay. 
I could take a call. It's up to you. If you want to hang out for an hour, if not, if uh, we can, uh, you know, let you let you roll here. I know you have a lot going on here in the near future. Uh, you're I don't getting... have anywhere to be. It's Friday. I don't have a life. It's Friday. You ain't got <laughs> shit to do. So. Yeah, I'm not wearing pants. Let's do it. Uh, coming up, you're all over the place. Check out ChrissyMayer.com. Head over to come see a show. You can see all over through April. She's all over the oh, place. Yeah. In, into down and in guess Florida. what? And guess what? Can I announce a sort of a semi big deal to me? Oh, yes. Please do. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm going to be on Tim Pool's show on March 22nd. Woo! Tim Pool. Nice. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Cast. I'm so excited. That That was like a big. That was on my like Christmas wish list. And I'm like, oh shit, Christmas came early. That's gonna be so cool. Really I'll ex- definitely check that out. I'm really excited to do that. And I can't find my list of dates. Oh yes. Um, lots of dates. Uh I'm gonna be at Tiffs and Morris Plains, New Jersey on March 20th. And then I'm going to Florida, uh, the Boca Black Box in Boca Raton, Florida, uh, April 30th. Before that, I'll be in Wilmington, Delaware at the House of Laughs. I think April 23rd and 24th. And then I'll be in Palm Beach, Florida on may 1st side splitters in tampa may 2nd uh we're gonna move the appleton wisconsin uh dates because again uh, i was bumped by adam carolla that's fine so oh, adam's no. adam's coming here can, instead he's go see him but I'm i'll gonna, i'm sure do you, do you know when you don't know when they've rescheduled that yet i have to i have to work it out with uh with tim young because we're doing that together and we'll, uh, we'll work it soon. out to where Abe shows up and heckles them. Good, good, good. And then I'll be in Oklahoma City, May 9th. That's a Bricktown Comedy Club. And then Comedians of the Compound are going to be in Austin, uh, May 14th and 15th. And Zany's in Nashville. I'll be there May 18th. And then May 19th, Stand Up Live in Huntsville, Alabama. And then June 3rd, Hilarities in Cleveland. So I'm really, really excited to go get over get over to where you are and make you laugh that is gonna be cool i can't wait for that we're gonna go yeah. to the, we'll go to the late saturday show for sure and uh that'll be fun so we'll have to hook up with you for sure i want to get to joe to get a quick uh 10 minute news blitz in if you want you can hang out or if you want to take a quick break uh we can just do some kind of news commentary um or if you want to take i a could break, go pee i could go pee but i do i do i don't want to i don't want to leave i don't want to leave you guys I'll tell you what, Joe's going to do a quick uh, news blitz. I'll give you a couple minutes to, to uh, freshen yourself up, and then we'll be right back with Chrissy Mayer. Call in if you want, or if Chrissy wants to hang out, she'll throw some commentary for some news on here. Ooh, Let me get the yeah. rapid-fire mem- uh, segment open, and we'll get to Joe and see what's going on in the world. I got an interesting dig I kind of want to do with you. You want to do a, a live dig with me? Feel like doing that? Me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, let's do a live dig after that, too. We'll get some calls from you guys and other stuff. Let's do it. Check out the rapid-fire opener, and we'll see what Joe's got going on in the world. Happy Friday, everyone. God bless y'all. sounds like fun joe what do you got for us today let us know what's on your mind what's what's in the news on this friday evening yeah i got a couple of things to to share with you Uh, if you want to give me the share screen i'll go ahead and start that right now for you guys i already did once with the world man (laughs) sure you did all right so first thing i wanted to talk about was actually this Uh, John Paul Rice actually tagged us in this video today. I don't know if you guys have seen this or heard this yet, 
Uh, let's take a look. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So this is our shot. Now it's up to you. <laughs> uh, I've got a million comments, but I'll I'll leave this one to Abe. What do you think about uh, that little? Uh... <laughs> I guess we shouldn't be surprised that these idiots are coming together to <clears throat> convince us uh, that in order for us to go see a baseball game, we need to get shot with something that they don't even know what's in it. Uh, hard pass. That's exactly what my response was. Thank you, John Paul Rice, for tagging me in that. Basically, what he says is, do you trust? Uh, what does he say? Do you trust your life with these people? That pretty much sums it up. That's a, that's definitely a fuck no. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah, hard pass. <laughs> so I had to play that, though. Uh, so next one was uh, United uh, United States Department of State. The G7 statement on Hong Kong electoral changes i don't know if you guys have seen any of this information going out about this right now but the g7 foreign ministers of canada france germany italy japan the uk and the united states of america and the high representatives of the european union are united in expressing our grave concerns at the chinese authorities decision uh to fundamentally fundamentally to erode democrat elements of the electoral college in hong kong such as such a decisive strongly indicates that the authorities in mainland China are determined to eliminate dissenting voices and opinions in Hong Kong. It's a mess. It really is. What's going on in Hong Kong is a disaster. And basically what it comes down to China is seizing control of Hong Kong and uh, the United Kingdom is allowing it to happen. Exactly. It's, it's absolutely crazy. That's going on uh, right now. Uh, this one actually hit uh, very close to home. Uh, this is actually in Morris, Illinois. Uh, he was a very different person. Illinois family attributes loss of father to COVID psychosis. So this is about a half an hour, not too far from me. This was a uh, 48-year-old Ben Price who died as a, a result of the COVID psycho- uh, psychosis. There's a video on here. It's actually pretty long. I'm not going to play the whole thing. It's six minutes long. But I'll drop this link uh, uh, on um, on Gab, and then uh, Abe will put this link up uh, later on the website. If you guys get a chance to watch this, this is something that people really need to kind of uh, take. Me, honestly, I, I think people need to really – start thinking about this because it says that he was a very different uh, the wife says that he was a very different person he was uh talking differently he was acting differently he was panicked and scared he paced the house she said there was just nothing we could do to calm him down so this was after he got covid after he took the vaccine 
And shortly after, they they don't really say specifically what happened, but from what it sounds like, he went out to the farm uh, that they own and killed himself um, shortly after getting the vaccine. So just absolutely scary stuff there. Yeah, definitely. This, I just, it popped up on my phone. That's why I took a screenshot of it. But I found a video. This is ex-MLB star Johnny Damon. If you guys remember him, uh, he played for the Yankees, right? Or Sox? Nah, he was all over the place. Red Sox. Yeah, he's kind of all over. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, first and foremost, he should not be driving at four times the legal limit, which is just absolutely fucking stupid. So he gets pulled over. I jumped on TMZ and found this video. Listen to what he says here, guys. Listen really, really close, okay? Let me make sure I got this turned up all the way. Yep. I know people are trying to target me because I'm a Trump supporter. Okay, you probably can't hear it, but what he said there was, I know people are targeting me because I'm a Trump supporter. I don't think that has anything to do with it. Yeah. The cop says, I don't think that's got anything to do with it. And he says, Johnny Damon says, yeah, it does. It does. That's neither here nor there right now. That's yeah. not- Boom. Listen to what that cop just said. That's neither here nor there right now, which in my opinion, uh, and I'm totally just going off the cuff here, but in my opinion, they've been fucking following Johnny Damon because they know he's a Trump supporter they knew he was coming from either a bar or a party or something, and they pulled him over, and Johnny Damon basically says, you guys caught me, and the reason why you caught me is because you've been following me around waiting for me to make a mistake. I made the mistake, and here, go ahead and arrest me. So just, just kind of pisses me off because it just seems like it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a comedian, if you're an ex-baseball player, we everybody is just getting targeted whether you like it or not so next one i got for you was actually out of pj media this was oklahoma uh oklahoma house passes bill to grant immunity to drivers who hit protesters that's right folks go ahead and stand out in the middle of the street you'll get run over and there's not shit you can do about it so that's fantastic i think there was a couple other uh states recently that put that into uh put it put that into a bill as well that needs to happen all over the united states for sure does it say what kind of protesters um yeah that's that's interesting uh that probably has some specifications on there as far as which kind of protesters protesters? yeah yeah, that you can run over right so next one that's great yeah that's that's perfect so next one I got for you was uh, out of American News, and and this was uh, I'm not uh, let me just play just a little bit of this video. This is another kind of long one, but basically, black woman slams Ohio school board for critical race theory and indoctrination of students. Now wow. uh, you know what I'm not going to play the video right now because I've got a few other things I want to go over. Should we but act we already- it out? <laughs> yeah, well, here I'll play a couple. It's three minutes. Let me just play a little bit. is to make children advocates, I mean activists, in their own home. What does that mean? Why are you creating an adversary, trying to create an adversarial relationship, relationship between parents and child, when that is the relationship that needs to be strengthened? This school parent relationship 
and you intrinsically, intrinsically just advocating the kids to just be adversarial to their parents is nuts. Good for her. That's exactly good for her. I mean, it's also like if this were a white mom doing this, I think this whole story would be a lot easier to ignore. But unfortunately, life is the way it is. So uh, I don't know. It means a lot to see this. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge that and and this is like me and Abe have been talking about uh, this kind of thing for a long time as far as, you know, people saying, well, there's nothing I can do to help. There's nothing I can do. There's this lady right here standing up saying, guess what? This is bullshit. I don't want this shit going on in my schools, you know, and standing up and doing something. If, if it's something is that small, then that is huge. This is this is a big reason why so many people are indoctrinated. So many people just go along with the flow of things. Mm-hmm. We need people like this lady um, to stand up more and to challenge back at the schools, especially. Yeah. And this is, this is what I got in college. So now to see, like I graduated college in 05. And so now to see it, like however many years later, I still look very young though, but like to see this, how many, however many years later, like, wow, this is now seeping into what is this middle school, like grade school. That's, that's so fucking frightening. And, yeah. uh, and that's the thing. It's like you're cloaking it in this like wokeness that it's like racial sensitivity. It's not. It's like you're training kids to like kind of be disrespectful to their parents because it's like you don't as you're a kid, you don't have to like care about who to vote for. Like none of this should matter to you until you're until you're 18. I don't know. I mean, there's a Absolutely. way to talk about slavery, of course, and, and like the wars, but it's just icky when it's clearly coming from a like a specific with a specific like objective instead of like at well we point, know what's coming go ahead at Ed. what point of me rejecting my whiteness am i going into the realm of cultural appropriation can somebody answer that question for me <laughs> i'm just gonna move on to the next story i can't even comment on that all right next story i got for you is out of the dea actually this is super fucking interesting federal grand jury in chicago indicts five alleged associates of the Sonola cartel on drug trafficking charges. So this just dropped actually today. And I live uh, just so you know, Christy, I live in in this shithole, uh, Illinois, Uh, Robert Bell, special agent in charge of the Chicago division of the U S drug enforcement and John Lausch jr. Who I, this is the second or third time I've talked about John Lausch uh, doing good work here in the United States attorney of the Northern district of Illinois announced Federal grand jury in Chicago has indicted five suspected associates of the Sonola cartel. Now, this is a pretty big deal, um, to be honest with you, because first and foremost, we know that there's just so much bullshit that's going on here in Illinois and Chicago. But, you know, I don't think people realized how deep the Sonola cartel really reaches. They reach all the way to Chicago and further. So good to see that these guys, uh, this is like cocaine charges all kinds of shit so it's good to see that these guys are finally getting taken care of i guess i'm gonna have to get my cocaine from somewhere else now yep (laughs) yep you got the right spot there in new york by the way um so next one i got for you is southern district of georgia this one i mean again i report on on sex trafficking every day this one's uh is out of augusta georgia A woman has been charged with sex trafficking in a newly unsealed federal indictment that files additional charges against the man to whom she was married to at the time 
of the alleged offenses. So just more bullshit, more of these people. Uh, what was their uh, gun? Michael, is it Michael Gunn? And I don't know the lady's name, but I hope they a get man asked for it. 34 of Augusta, sex trafficking and obstruction to, of, a, of a child sex trafficking investigation. Good. Lock her ass up for 15 years to life. Enjoy every second of that. I hope they throw the fucking key away. Exactly. Exactly. Every single day, it seems like I'm reporting on that shit. So next uh, one I got for you real quick is a city of Minneapolis. Uh, Settles yes. the lawsuit with George Floyd's family for $27 million. That's Holy right, folks. Shit. You can be a crackhead, too, and went and get $27 wow. million. Who knew being a victim is so profitable? Oh, wait, oh, everyone knew. Everyone. Yeah, that, you're exactly right, Chrissy. It's everyone who's a victim these days, and this is absolute bullshit. The family's going to get $27 million. And they didn't, I guess the autopsy showed no actual, like, proof of Chauvin, like, breaking his neck or anything like that exactly no there was all kinds of drugs in his system and there was no doubt something with fentanyl in that too and and the fact that he was moving money around and there was these cops involved something tells me there was a major cover-up happening here Mm. Mm. i agree i agree last all right last one i got for you guys real quick this one kind of just came this one came out just today gateway pundit shock report as we were talking about earlier on january 6th the FBI sends in armored vehicles with turret, two vans, six FBI vehicles, three local police vehicles to arrest young father wow. who attended the January 6th rally. Al, uh, did uh, did they did the FBI, when they showed up at your house to ask you about January 6th, did they roll into your house like that? You dude, know, you- I gave them all uh, free tickets to my next comedy show. And they're like, <laughs> all right, good to see you, Chrissy. Have a good one. And I was like. It's like, guys, you got to stop sending me dick pics. I mean, like, you know, I don't want to get arrested, but I also don't want to see your weird dick. (laughs) What is with that, by the way? Uh, You know how it is. It's New York. So this one, I mean, this was actually bullshit because Joshua James is an Iraq war veteran. He was wounded in a bomb blast in Iraq. And Joshua was being held by the FBI. Careful with those Marines. Well, that's exactly what I was going to fucking say, man, because, you know, obviously you're ex-Marines too, brother. And, you know, this guy's an Iraq war veteran. Could you imagine, you know, just the PTSD alone that he probably had to face with that kind of shit rolling up at his house? Just absolutely fucking sickening. This guy's got, what, a three-year-old? Yeah, he has uh, has three young children, including a three-year-old. And apparently they were just outside hanging out and they rolled up on him. This is wild. So th- this man was not inside the Capitol building. He was just like hundreds of thousands of others just standing there. That's like, correct. How did he get targeted? Is he a a comedian? <laughs> like, isn't that crazy? <laughs> this guy gets arrested. But like I have people tagging the FBI on my Twitter account every day. Right. Yeah. You know I mean, it, it's just it's they take pleasure in it, which is one of the most disgusting things about the society and the left is they take pleasure in other people's misery. It's something that was, really wrong. Yeah, they want to destroy you. It's not even it's not enough to like stop doing the thing they don't like. It's like they want you to never create again, work again. And they it's want like, you to be fearful of the next time you want to go to a fucking rally and something yeah. happens. They want you to be like, oh, my God, is the FBI going to show up at my house again? Like, that's really what they want. They want you to think twice about whatever you're going to do the next time. Well, guess what? The fact that the FBI showed up at my brother's house, the fact that they're pulling this shit is making me want to go to do more things 
than ever before. And so that was all I had for you guys on the news blitz. That's your rapid fire today. Really appreciate everybody out there in chat. I see some awesome comments. I haven't been, I've been paying too too much attention to Chrissy. So I haven't paid attention to you guys in chat at all. Are we getting zoom bombed right now? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. We're getting zoom bombed right now by one of our good followers. That is the Texan. He Real is, quick, before we yeah. uh, before we bring in Texan, let me get a quick minute uh, okay. from uh, from our sponsor, RiseAttireUSA.com. They yeah, are the official show sponsor of this podcast and this show, RiseAttireUSA.com. What just happened? Check them out when you get time and watch this. <laughs> Did you do a screen sharing by accident? Yeah, so you guys can see what I'm doing. muted the rise attire usa.com i missed it with my finger i had it right check them out when you get time rise attire usa.com discount code abe wave get some sweet gear check out the exclusive the foxhole dot app it is a new awesome thing that is out there hopefully we can get a bunch of people to start talking about this because uh, we're basically uh, done with censorship. We got a spot where you can find us. You can, you can, all you got to do is go to the foxhole.app. All of your greatest creators that have been on YouTube for a long time are on there. And then I'm on there too, which I can't quite figure out how the hell I got there. But nonetheless, we are there live now. RiseAttireUSA.com. Abe Wave discount code. Check them out. Let's get in. The Texan is in the house. He's on the road. He was the first one to hop in as soon as we brought up the phone lines. The Texan, what's good, man? Hope, hope all is well. Texan, you're muted, buddy. You're muted, buddy. Can I mute, unmute him? No, I can't. There you go. Ah, damn it! I told you, man. I told you, there's two fucking things in life I never learned how to turn on and operate: a computer or a woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? Abe can't turn on or off the mute button. <laughs> that fucking mute button is hell, man. <laughs> and now you got it. So congratulations. How's it going, Texan? What's up? It's going, Chrissy. How you doing? Hi. Good. Good to see you. You too, man. I heard you were down here in Dallas, down here in Texas, not too long ago during the Ooh, storm. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't pack my snow boots. I should have. I guess I brought all the cold weather with me. It was wild. 
I tell you what, it's fucking 82 degrees down here today, man. This shit's just as bipolar as my ex fucking wife. (laughs) (laughs) True. Anyway, uh, I hear you're going to be back down here in Austin, right? Yes. Yes. Um, uh, April 14th and 15th, uh, comedians of the compound. I, I can't remember the name of the venue, but, uh, I don't know. It's on my website. Yeah. You guys should uh, come. Maybe I'll get you some, some VIP, whatever's hand jobs, tickets, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you might want to pack a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, <laughs> fucking, you don't know if it's going to be a hurricane, tornadoes, hell, snow. Well, I mean, you have no fucking idea. Yeah, it's uh, true. Any, yeah, nobody, not one person in the whole state owns a snowplow. Or or a fucking snowmobile either. Yeah. I like how Texas plows the snow. They just let people keep on driving over it until eventually a path forms. And they're like, there you go. There's your path. Good luck. Like the I, best, the best part about the snow in Texas is that I was with my friend. We're waiting uh, in line at like a Raising Cane's, like the chicken place. And of course, it's still a full line, like wrapped around the building. I'm like, damn, this chicken must be pretty good. And then I see a truck of Mexicans get out with their landscaping tools. They turn their rakes upside down and then they're scraping the snow off the sidewalk and like the drive through. I'm like, this is great. And it was working. And they're like digging out cars through the drive through. It was great. I was like, great work, guys. (laughs) You know, I dated, I dated a girl named Chrissy once, man, a few years back, and uh, she was a freak. I mean, she was a freak. She wanted. Was she it, wanted was it a, me? <laughs> I don't know. Did you want to have a threesome uh, with a, uh, you know, uh, a couple of chicks? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I've been told I'm fun at parties. Yeah, well, I, I had to turn it down because I, I really didn't want to. I didn't have the heart to disappoint two women at one time, you know. Threesomes, so. they seem fun, but they're honestly like they're a handful. Like it's hard. It is hard. It's like it's it's a lot of multitasking. It's like and then if there's a fight, like the the just a couple of threesomes I've been in, there's always been a fight between like the girlfriend and the boyfriend. And then like she storms off and it gets awkward. And then I'm like, who's going to make me eggs in the morning? You know, <laughs> <laughs> The important shit. Yeah. I'm like, do you guys have the like tiny bagels I asked for? No. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine having a threesome with Lorena Bobbitt, man. That just ended up being a damn mess right there. <laughs> yeah, just don't make her angry. Yeah, she just take it home with her. <laughs> Let's do anyway. It anyway, hey, what? Let, let me get your perspective on something, this this liberal cancel culture bullshit. What the fuck is it with, uh, you know, come on, they, they want to pick on a on a, a poor, horny little French skunk, right? Oh, you, yeah. You know, Peppy Le Pew. Uh, yeah, they, they, they want to get rid of that poor that, that poor dude, you know, and, and put him down. But it's okay on Family Guy to have some old perverted pedophile chasing children with a fucking walker. Exactly. Yeah. Cause they're never going to cancel pedophilia. That's like, that's too close to home for them. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. Like the, yeah, that's like, you could say, Oh, that's French culture. Like just being a horny skunk and like, who knows, like maybe that cat like is walking under that white paint on purpose, you know, like maybe she's just like playing hard to get. <laughs> yeah, she's asking for it, right? She's asking for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm, I was just saying before, I'm buying up all the Dr. Seuss books, like, because I just feel like they're eventually all going to go away. Like, I bought, like, the super, supposedly, like, the Asian, the racist Asian one. 
Uh, and then the other one that had to do with like scrambled eggs. And then it's weird. Like it, it kind of, they were like 35 bucks each on Amazon. Ugh, I know Amazon, but I was like, I really want these. And they're going to arrive like at the end of April. So, and then I saw another one on sale for like $900. So I guess other people had the same idea. They're just buying them up. Wow. Damn, $900. Shit. Yeah, it's, that's crazy. That, that's how much my, well, I won't go there. Uh, so, so you, <laughs> you like that's never... how much I spend on Viagra every year, <laughs> every month. That's what was coming. Yeah. So I was so thinking you, about you, going you, back to um, you know, back in the day, I used to I used to be one of the the best uh, Call of Duty three players of all time. In fact, I think for a while there, I was ranked in the top like ten in the world of Call of Duty players. I was thinking about going back to that. Also, my anniversary is coming up. I'm almost coming on thirty years. Well, what would you recommend for for me? There's a new one. There's a new Call of Duty out. Do you think I should go get it or? Yeah, you know what happens in the final Call of Duty? What's that? Your girlfriend finally leaves you. <laughs> there you go. She's sick of watching you play video games. <laughs> there you go. Now, speaking speaking of 30 years, you know, I've been out here on the road for 30 years driving. And, uh, you know, hell, I've been married four fucking times. And, hell, I remember all my ex-wife's names. Fucking plaintiff. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's a good one. But anyway. Hey guys, I got to get on down the road. Chrissy was nice talking to you and bullshitting with you and a uh, good luck on your tour. And I hope to see you around Texas. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. See you. Hit me up. All right. Absolutely. Texan, Greg. If I see you, I'll come see you. Ooh. Great call Texan. Appreciate it, brother. You stay safe out there trucking. All right. Take care guys. See you down the road. Much love brother. Texas That's always Texan. Good to Texan. hear from him. If I, if I go missing, He'd be the first person you should ask. <laughs> no, you'd be the last one. Actually, <laughs> you'd be the last one. That—that's one guy I would Aww. trust. No, he's great. You can tell. Yeah. <laughs> well, Anybody who drives trucks is like good people. Like my dad was a teamster. Nice. I don't know. I mean, he yeah, also threw a chair you. at me once. It's fine. <laughs> I tend to have a little bit of anger issues. <laughs> Um, let me hold on. Let me let me do this live dig. Let me pull this off. You guys got to see this shit. Oh yeah. All right, guys. Real quick live dig, and then we'll just kind of hang out some more. That's it's awesome. Just kind of hanging out with you, Chrissy. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It's fun. I really needed this a Friday like this to just chill. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I wish I had a drink. Me too. Can I get one? That's what we're missing. <laughs> Go get one. <laughs> Five o'clock somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's let's see which one is it? Okay, so it's this one. So. Little story from the eighth White House scraps a Biden vaccine event after a reporter in Baltimore or a report a Baltimore company hogged stockpile funds. That was the title of this article. And I'm like, of all the weird title, like hogged stockpile funds is how you put that sent. It's just so weird. But it's it, weird. Yeah. Like, it was just really weird. So. I was just like reading into this a little bit, like, what, what the hell is this, right? So it was a planned event that was headlined by President Biden, and it was celebrating vaccine developers Johnson & Johnson and Merck at a Baltimore, which if you have done any research into Baltimore, you know how corrupt Baltimore is through and through, based a federal contractor was moved to the White House following a report that the company drained the government's emergency stockpile of items. Whoa. What in the world? And so Jim Pisaki, like, totally, of course, 
the airhead that she is just totally played it off like, oh, well, uh, we wanted to have a more appropriate place. Well, the reality is, is this company uh, took a shit ton of, of flack because of what happened. The company sold uh, for, for nearly a billion dollars recently because of vaccines. So you wonder, like, where do these mm-hmm. vaccine scares come from and, and who profited from these vaccine or these anthrax scares back in the day? Well, this company did. It just happens wow. to be that same company, right? When a plan to purchase tens of millions of N95 hmm. res- respirator masks was approved, but then it was sidelined due to budget, budget priorities, according to Fireform or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, the wow. point of this is just in general, the, the, the behind-the-scenes story here, it looks obvious, right? Well, who is behind this? Well, this guy. Robert Kramer is the president and CEO of Emergent Biosolutions Incorporated. It's a just a local uh, mid-sized, uh, you know, biosolutions type company is what they say they are, right? These, this is also the company that made a shit ton of money off the anthrax vaccine. So these guys basically took a shit ton of the, of the government funds for the, for the Baltimore area and said, uh, thank you very much, right? Basically, is what happened here. This guy's worth $22 million. And so who who is this guy really deep down? Basically, man, he's just he's just a money mover for the Democrat Party. If you go look at Is he single? This, Does anyone know if he's single? <laughs> <laughs> Can anyone tell look that up really quick? Yeah, like can we just skip right through all day? Is the guy single or what? Because it says his company's worth like thirteen. Oh, he's mil. such a terrible person. Where does he live? Oh, that's hilarious. When you look at the look, when you look into like followthemoney.org and some of the other behind the scenes money of this guy, what what emerges is basically he he's nothing more than a, a intermediary intermediary for uh, Republican and Democrat politicians. So here's what happened: the, this company took a millions of dollars from taxpayer dollars, transformed it into this. Uh, you know, vaccine solutions type company, emergence, emergence biosolutions company. And now they're just divvying it out to Republicans and Democrats and anyone else they can find out there. And in the end, what this comes down to is once again, us funding the New York Democrat Senate campaign, uh, the, the Maryland Democrat party. Mm-hmm. These are the people that he have associates with. It is over and over again, when you look at where the money goes with this stuff, it is always our money that ends up in the hands of these people that are pushing these garbage policies down the throat of everyone and taking kickbacks off of it and going to buy a new house or a new boat in Florida. Jesus, it's crazy. Not surprised, though. It is just no, unbelievable. Heard, well, we've heard multiple stories, and this Trump brought Trump brought a lot of this stuff um, you know, kind of out into the open that a lot of places were stashing and holding on to all kinds of stuff, man. And and it, and of course, it was to try to make Trump look bad, like he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. When in reality, these assholes were holding the shit behind on him. It's absolute bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it's the same old story over and over again. It, it it just never changes. And why? Because well, they know they can get away with it. It's uh, it's the same old thing, man. We got six callers that just popped in here while I was doing that story. So we're gonna try to move through these 
as quick as possible. My friend Ooh, and somebody who I've admired for a very Outer long time space. on Twitter, Glenn S. on Twitter, if anyone, those of you guys may have known him, he had a great following and has a great voice, and he's very knowledgeable, is hanging out with us. Glenn, go ahead and unmute what's on your mind, brother. Glenn, you got to hit the unmute, buddy. There, there we go. go. <laughs> Almost as bad as Abe over there. Ah, good evening, Chrissy, Joe, and Abe. Good to see you, brother. Ah, how y'all doing tonight? Uh, good. How is space? Oh, not too bad. A little chilly, <laughs> but uh, uh, we're getting there. Uh, first off, I'd like to wish that Gary Fleshner gets a whole lot better. I, I've noticed today he hasn't been himself all day. He's been typing in lowercase all day. <laughs> he hasn't been in caps yelling at people all day. No, he all hasn't. Right. Gary, that's enough of that, Gary Flesner. We need your capital letters back to make sure we know that you're okay, all right? <laughs> yeah, Chrissy, uh, while you're buying up all those books uh, that are going to get canceled, cultured, you might also want to buy up the Bernstein Bears. <gasps> yes, I loved them as a kid. Yeah. They, they're my they're... Favorite, favorite family of Jewish bears. Yeah, they may get canceled soon. Oh, Who man. knows? There's talk about it. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Yeah. I don't know how far you want to go with the uncensored stuff, Abe. But I don't uh, care as far as you want. Yeah, if go, my if this far. works, I've got an audio clip over here for you. Uh, I think it's from Australia. Milo sent it out uh, today on Gab, and uh, well. She kind of puts it straight, and there's no way we can get away with it over in these in this country. But here we go. Are you eating? Uh, make sure you click the share screen uh, or the uh, share audio. Can't hear. Oh, it. Can't hear. Yeah. It. Oh, okay. Just a minute. I'll restart it. Just a minute. Uh, let's see. Share sound and share screen. Glenn. Are, are you eating? Uh, yeah, I'm eating. Okay. Give me a minute. <laughs> I'm eating too. <laughs> okay, here we go. Let's try this again uh, from here. Anyone who bites them. So what do you mean anyone who has a period? So you mean women and girls? So I, I just mean anyone who has a uterus. Not all women. We, uh, women and girls. Period. Well, no, not all no. women. Are, no, you know, people who are postmenopausal, people, you know, women, women under the age, menstrual age. So women and girls. We're not saying people who have periods on my show. We're saying women and girls. Yes. Okay. Well, no, genuinely, I won't have you on the show if you're going to talk that nonsense. Men don't have periods. Full stop. Women and girls. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's quite transphobic. But some, you think that's some quite transphobic? Do you know oh, any God, Laura? I I do actually know quite a lot of trans actually. Do you know any so, men yeah. who have periods? I know. Yes, I do. <laughs> I think trans men are. I think they're men. lying to you, love. And, no, I, I don't agree with that. You don't um, agree with that. You think men? You think men who don't have uteruses? Uh, and that you, you think men have periods, do you? Yes, because some men have uteruses. Some men have uteruses. How, how do those men have uteruses if they're not born women? Wow. That's <laughs> great. Shit. I love Milo. <laughs> I thought that would be a funny one. Uh, Good for her. And she's not saying anything wild. Like, this is just common sense. Right? Yeah, it's Me? like so There's two sections, great. right? But you can't get away with that here in these states. Uh, hey, did you ever get to play um, Mark Levin's response last night on Hannity to the uh, disaster that was the uh, president's address? I didn't watch any of the address, and I didn't watch any of the news of what they said about it, and it was the greatest night of my life. 
<laughs> well, uh, Mark had a bit of a rant last night. Did he? You, you got it, or I got it. Uh, let me see. Uh, share screen. Where, where the, it should be good to go. Is. Just slide that over to the other tab on top there. You're still screen on. Two. You're still on the Milo tab. Share. There we go. This is fire. Let me just say this. I'm very troubled by the direction of your program here. First of all. And the way you're treating Joe Biden, you know, I used to think Joe Biden was a doddering fool. He couldn't tell his sister from his wife and he didn't know the name of the secretary of defense. And there you are with Peter Ducey mocking him for not having press. What conferences. am I doing here? I don't know why he doesn't have press conferences. He's busy inventing the viruses and figuring out how to distribute them in seven weeks time. This man will have killed the virus. Joe Biden. 50 years in the Senate, not one profound thing. Joe Biden, who had to cheat his way through law school. Joe Biden, who was plagiarizing from people even as a senator. And little did we know, he's not a doddering old fool. What am I doing here? And a narcissist taking credit for the work of Donald Trump and all these other people. He has been working like no president in American history. He is the modern day Jonas Salk. He is... He's Thomas Edison. He, he is, a, a, we've never had a president like this. He's fantastic. Let me tell you something about this guy, Biden. He's a liar. He's a plagiarist. He's been since he's been in high school. And I want to give you the facts, the American people. As for Cuomo, he needs to resign. Everybody knows what he is and what he's done. And that last woman, number six, she's accusing him, just to remind America, of exactly what Tara Reid accused Joe Biden of. And notice Joe Biden... No responsibility for Joe Biden whatsoever. Ladies and gentlemen, Pfizer was contracted by the Trump administration last summer to produce 100 million doses of a vaccine that hadn't been approved yet. Moderna was contracted to produce 100 million doses of a vaccine that they didn't have yet. Johnson & Johnson, 100 million doses. AstraZeneca, 300 million doses. Novavax, 100 million doses. Glaxo, Smith, Klein, 100 million doses. The Trump administration last summer, before we had a vaccine, just in case one of these would work, inconceivable. Paid for 800 million doses to cover 400 million people. On December 23rd, when only Pfizer and Moderna had received emergency authorizations, the Trump administration went in. And they ordered another 200 million vaccinations. Where do you think these vaccines are coming from? You think they're coming from Joe Biden in the basement? They didn't have any idea what the hell was going on. In terms of the distribution process, Trump brought in the Defense Department and HHS and other experts. This distribution process that they're using now through the states, through pharmaceutical companies, through Walmart and everything. How much longer do they have, Glenn? Of the Trump administration and Operation Warp Speed. So January comes along. Then Johnson & Johnson, working all through Warp Speed, they have a one-shot vaccine. And what happens? They don't have the capacity to make enough of them. So they start on their own turking, talking to Merck. And they... I, I love Mark Levine. That guy is awesome. I want to. I want to stop it there, though, if I can. If you can They've pause that. Their information. No that- problem. No problem. I know it's taking up too much time on the on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a five minute video. I I, lo- I love him though, he, and he's absolutely right. That that uh, is exactly what I was just pointing out just now. It, this is nothing more than 
refinancing the Democrat crime party, the Democrat crime mob, is what this this bill is doing, and it's they're just doing it right in front of our eyes, and they don't care. Yep, I mean it's like Joe Biden last night was not giving Trump any credit. He was saying that Trump didn't give him anything. There was nothing on his mark, and he's done it all, all in twenty days. Jesus, what an amazing guy! <laughs> oh yeah, he did it all. Him and his people did it all. They got all the distribution chains all up and running. Well, we know that Pence and the uh, military guys that he had with him did all the work for that distribution chain. Yeah. Had it all set up. He was all set to go to uh, CVS and uh, chains like that. It was all set up to go to the hospitals. Uh, that was all set July of last year. Wow. And they're making millions off of it. It's uh, it's the same old thing. It's a mess. I don't know what to make of it, man. Glenn, I really appreciate you coming to hang out with us. Any last thoughts for uh, Chrissy before I let you go? No, uh, not at this time. Not at this time. Uh, I'm sorry I took up so much of your time on this one. No, that's okay. But uh, <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy what, we, what I came up with. Yeah, good stuff, man, for sure. <laughs> appreciate it big time. And Chrissy, thank you for staying in. Thanks, Glenn. It was nice to meet you. Now, if we can only get uh, Frank to do the same thing with uh, his guests, is get time on uh, calls with guests, because uh, you see how well this goes. Yeah, I appreciate you, Glenn, very much, man. Have a great weekend, man. God bless you. All right. God bless you, too, guys. You, too. Much love, Glenn. Take care, buddy. Yep. Always a great guy. Let me get, uh, man, we have a lot of calls still left in here. Holy cow, man. Let's get Glenn back. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Glenn's got to go eat dinner. Right. Are you eating your dinner, Glenn? I wanted to hear the rest of that conversation. I'm like, well, I, I bet, I bet peas are involved. I bet there's a roast. Yeah, I was something. thinking. I, that's what I was thinking. Like, what mashed is, potatoes? Yeah. Yeah. What are you making? What are you having? That's what we need to know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Seven one nine. If you could hit, I think it's star six to unmute. Um, and then if you could give me the your name, please, I'll get you on air here right away. Um, as we're doing that, I'm checking over at Foxhole. See all the great uh, Patriots over there. Napkin Nader, Sonya, uh, One Eagle Five, Quilt and Nine, always hanging out there. Appreciate you guys very much. Fed up in Wisconsin, hanging out as well. Seven one nine. Can I get a name for you, please? Uh, Gary Blessner. Gary, how are you, sir? Hey. There he is. All Gary. right, I'm pretty good. I think I got some news. I want to know why nobody knows about it. What you got? Okay, the uh, judge. Federal Judge Kevin Eimenhauser, several days ago, issued two separate orders immediately reinstating the Autumn County election fraud case. The county attorney, or the county clerk says, she didn't dismiss it, it was the computer glitch. I'm reading this off of OAN Newsroom. There's also about six or seven other articles about it, but you don't see it anywhere on the big news people. This case has been reinstated on the fraud on the voting machine, and it goes to court. That means they can enter evidence. If they enter evidence, boom. Supreme Court has to hear it. All the other cases become valid. I just got a little damp. Yeah, that's that's a little hard. That's insane. Yeah, moist. That's exciting. That's interesting. I I can't believe it. It's been like Three or four days since this, I've read it. I keep sticking it up. Basically, it's reinstated. Nobody says anything. 
Did you say it's Autumn County? Gary, did you say Autumn County? Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, my medicine ain't working too good today. So A N T R I M. Oh, Antrim County in, in Michigan. Antrim. In Michigan. Wow. Yeah. That blows Michigan's case completely out of the water if this case gets heard. I mean, is there any scenario that would result in Biden having to leave office? Yeah, because if this case comes to relevance, the other seven cases file the suit together, then they have to listen to all of them. It'll be wow. interesting to see how it plays out. It, my my idea well, of what's mean, my, hold on a second, Gary. Gary, one second, just, Gary. My idea of what's going to happen is, um, if these cases deter, determined to have any kind of change in what's going on in the world, then let me just read this here: Antrim County election fraud case reinstated by judge after county clerk material witness tried to have it dismissed. Um, we we all know that this case was about basically the voting machine fraudulent voting machine systems that had the fractional voting that all of a sudden they had a bunch of votes that popped up out of nowhere. Right. What, what could happen on this is this could give state legislatures the ability to pull back the certification of their votes. I don't know that that's how this is going to happen, but if these cases start to really um, be heard actually once and for all, and if you listen to us on DW truth last night, uh, you probably heard me say that if, if these cases uh, turn out to have to give legislatures the the uh, uh, the ability to say, hey, look, here's another example. Here's another example. Here's another example that are enough to decertify the election. That's where it could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this this could be the the barn burner. You know what I'm saying? We'll see. Well, it only takes it only takes one case to open the dang door. That's right, and we'll, we'll, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of chances for that that could happen. So I appreciate it, Gary. Thank you very much for bringing that to our attention. So, hey, you know, if I'm not watching a show, I'm reading everything I could find. You know what I'm saying? I got you, Gary. I know you are, and I appreciate you. you've been a loyal listener for a long time. I, I appreciate you very much, Gary. Thank you. Well, just like your show left yesterday, I loved it, but man, I was sick for hours afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was a yeah. it was a little bit rough. I hear you, but uh, you know how it is, man. We have to bring attention to what's going on. In the yeah, world. well, hey, you got if it's bad or good, you can't just not talk about it if it's bad. Yeah, you know, you have to talk about it. You got to wake up other people. Yeah, just, just like today, I almost I missed part of the show because I took three people to the drugstore because I hate them driving, taking an hour to go and back for five-minute ride, you know, on the bus. And then my, I hear my neighbor screaming. He's gone into septic shop from being diabetic. I got to call an ambulance for him. Oh, jeez, jeez. So, it, 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 you know, by 4 o'clock, I've already had a full day. Huh. Man, well, I appreciate you, Gary. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks no problem. For, thanks for calling in. I appreciate you. Yeah, Talk Gary. to y'all later. Bye. Everybody have a good day. Love you all. You too. Yeah, hey, love you too, love Gary. You. Roll, roll a big fat one for later, buddy. Enjoy it. Hey, hey, Joe, I plan on partying with you later tonight. I figured you were, buddy. Have a good one. <laughs> Take care, Now Gary. I know who, who to call when I need an ambulance. That's a good <laughs> friend. <laughs> yeah, be like, <laughs> I need a ride to the hospital. Bring a joint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My friends have been taking an Uber. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Uh, 516. Sorry hello, about that. hello, hello. How are you? Uh, could I? 516. Ooh. 
Hello there, Chrissy. What's up, Long Island girl? What up? Rival Center in the house. Where are you from? Hey, hey. Uh, Dix Hills, Long Island. Yes. Huntington. Since I've had a Dix Hill. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long time since I had a dick from Dix Hills, huh? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Bruce, so, uh, what's on your mind today, brother? Good to hear from not you. Not much. Yeah, always a pleasure, brothers. Always a pleasure. I just wanted to say that, Chrissy, I love your stuff, but I got to tell you, you're not from Long Island. I'm sorry. Rockville yes, Center is not Long Island. Yes, it is. It's Long Island is, is, uh, yeah, you're bordering, you're bordering uh, the five towns over there. No, <laughs> come on. I grew up on Long Island. I have coffee. I have bagels. I go to Long Island. Yeah, nothing like a Long Island bagel and nothing like Long Island pizza. Yeah. Now, are you still uh, out this way periodically or are you stuck somewhere? No. uh, Everybody in my family moved the fuck out of New York, literally except for me. And now I'm up in uh, Westchester. So, like, I have, like, an uncle. And by uncle, I mean my dad's best friend lives out there. But, like, really... Yeah, unless I do like a the comedy clubs out there, I'm, I'm not out there much at all. Right, right. Do you do a lot of work in Jersey too? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm doing uh, Tiff's Ale House in Morris Plains, New Jersey, actually on the 20th, and uh, I've done the Comedy Cove. I've done that room. I've you know I've performed in random places like in Hoboken and Jersey City. There so, you go. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to remember my friend's name, who's also a comedian out your way. She's uh, in New York City. Uh, no, I'm sorry, she's in Jersey. Uh, mm. Damn, I'm trying to think of her. Tina. Forte? She's no. a big. Never mind. <laughs> no. <laughs> we all know Tina Forte. Yeah. Actually, great. she should start a comedy show. She would be good at it. She's so fun. She's hysterical. But um, no, nah, I can't. I can't think of her last name right now. But she's a friend of mine from uh, Warren Zevon Facebook group, or as I like to call it, Facebook group from years ago. And we used to go to the shows they used to have in uh, Connecticut. Uh, there's a band, uh, Brian McDonald, and the Zevoneers, and they play all old Warren Zevon songs. And uh, oh. she belongs to the group, and she's a comedian, and she works out of Jersey, but she does a lot of Long Island and New York City shows as well. And she's a uh, Probably close in age to you. I just wish I could remember her last name. I'm drawing oh, a total blank also, right now. She's also 21? Good. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but I uh, just wanted to say hey to a fellow Long Islander. Yes. Always good to hear you out there. And uh, if they ever put it together again, you got to check out Five Towns College. They have a, a, a series of uh, women's comedian nights where they bring out like five or six women comedian and my wife and I used to go, well, soon to be ex-wife. We've been going to Uh-oh. the shows every year. What happened? The show year. was so bad, you guys broke up? Uh, no, <laughs> apparently I just don't grow up. You know, I'm still the, the man-child. She thought she was going to transform into a oh, super God. dad and a super husband. And, well, you know what? Fuck her. I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A long time ago. We, we, uh, we, we parted ways mentally five years ago. She's just been hanging in there for the kids and the last one's going mm-hmm. to high school graduates high school uh the end of this year so the end of this before the summer so it is what it is but uh just want to say hey uh brothers uncensored you guys are great keep doing what you're doing chrissy keep doing what you're doing the more you're out there red pilling these normies these knuckleheads that just don't want to see the truth 
today, just real quick. I went into the bagel store to pick up bagels. Now I won't wear a mask. I refuse to wear a mask. Yeah. You know, we talk about bagels. So I walked into my, uh, the local bagel store up in Long Island in uh, off of Elwood road. And, uh, some numbnut Karen asshole guy in it's always a, a guy. white button. Yeah. It's a guy. What do you call a Karen guy? Kevin, I think. <laughs> a Kevin? Okay. So this is a Kevin. So he's got a he's got a full white button down work shirt on that's one size too small for him. And I'm, I wear a lot of hats and uh, a lot of uh, pins on my hats and I have vests with different pins on them. Um, I do a lot of. Uh, do you have a motorcycle? With, I used to, but I don't anymore because my wife was afraid I was going to kill myself on it. Well, now you can do it. Yay. No, Yay. Not yet. I'm not out of the house yet, but until oh. I get out of the house, yes. Uh, that, that's, that's, one of the ga- that's one of the goals down the road. But um, so I, I'm, I'm walking in, I go to pick up my order, and this Kevin starts making comments under his breath. And he's like, oh, he's going to get us all sick. He's going to oh, get already. He should be wearing a mask. And so one of the counter kids come up to me and goes, sir, I'm sorry, but you're going to need to put on a mask. Uh, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I have a medical condition. And yeah. um, personally, that medical condition is I'm called not allowed freedom. to wear one. <laughs> right. Well, that, that too. But, yeah. Right. So I'm like, uh, but, you know, that's okay. I appreciate it. So the owner, who happens to be a cigar buddy of mine, says, uh, excuse me, sir, I need you to take this mask. So he hands it to me. And I'm like, thanks, Dean. He hands me the mask. They hand me my cup of coffee. I hold the, cu- the cup in one hand, the mask in the other. I sip my coffee. Fuck, right. I'm not putting on the mask. Right. It ain't happening. You're like, I have and it. <laughs> so this asshole turns and says another comment. And I turn to him. I said, what's your problem, sir? And he goes, you, I hope you fucking die from a disease. Oh and you're up. I'm like, Oh, he starts in on my hat with all my pins. He's like, yeah, my son wears all those types of pins on his hat and on his vest, too. I said, oh, then your son's pretty cool. I don't know what happened to you, but, uh, you know, hey, I wish you nothing. The type of man that's triggered by pins on a hat, like how sad his life must be. Well, the fact that they're Trump pins, because I have a where we go one, we go all pin. I have a Trump shield pin. I have a Pink Panther holding an American flag pin. Um, so uh, I got, uh, I've got, uh, I have a, uh, peppy, uh, a peppy Keck President Trump pin on it. So of course he's triggered by the pins because wow. they're Trump pins and he wants to take it out of me because I refuse to wear a mask. So I said to him, I said, hey, God Bruce, bless you. It, God man. bless your family and have a good day. And I walked out the Ooh, store good and for you, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there. I, first, I said to him, I said, if you're wearing your mask, then you're safe. But I can't wear one because of medical conditions. And I just said, all I can say to you, sir, is God bless you. God bless your family. Have a great weekend. And I walked out the store. I wasn't going to get into it with an asshole. There's no point. There you go. That's the way to handle it, I mean, exactly you guys, you guys know me. I may, be, I may be all of five foot four. But if you want to throw down, you're not walking away without a lot of blood Ooh. coming out of you. And I don't need to do that. There's no purpose in that. There's absolutely hey, Bruce, no purpose. I appreciate purpose. you, bro. Thanks, thanks for the story, man. Bruce, go to Dunkin' Donuts. They rarely ever ask you to put a mask on in Dunkin' Donuts. That's why I fuck with and, them. And just, um, I can't stand Dunkin' Donuts coffee, but my Seven uh, Eleven lets me walk in all the time. All right. I just, I just happen to be, I just happen to be picking up bagels 
up the block from my office, and uh, I was I was treating my my staff hey, Bruce, bagels this Bruce, morning. Let me let you go, bro. I got a couple more calls. Yeah, I yeah go go more calls. Go, Chrissy. Keep doing Bruce, what you're doing. We'll love. continue bagel chat. Just send me a DM about your bagel woes. We'll keep talking. I <laughs> <laughs> will do, girl. Take care. Bye. Take care, Aww, Bruce. And just real quick, Bruce. if he's still listening, Aquavaca out in chat says, I love bagels. I love Batman. I hope he delivers. So you might want to DM her while you're out there too, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, we're going to try to get both these others in. I I was trying to get, um, we have uh, tonight at 9 Eastern, the ADHD show is going to be doing a comeback. They're finally getting back going again, which is cool. So they're going to probably be doing shows here on the Uncensored Network about once a week or so, probably Friday nights around uh, t- 10 Central. Uh, what was it? I think was it 10 Central. Um, or no, 10 Eastern, 9 Central. Uh, so that's going to be tonight. Those guys will be doing a show tonight. And uh, I was hoping I could get uh, Nick to co- hop in real quick and uh, do a quick promo on the show before we let you guys go here today. But uh, the time has just literally flown by. It has been a lot of fun, Chrissy, and I really appreciate you with hanging out with us. With all the bagel chat. <laughs> the bagel chat and the word moist. We have some of the most... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, just the, the best people out there in chat. And uh, you said moist and all of a sudden the entire chat went to, I don't know where they went, but it was absolutely <laughs> amazing to have you here, Chrissy. It was a great conversation. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I want to come back like whenever. Awesome. I would really love to do this again. It's, it's really cool. And when you come up here, I'm definitely coming to see you. So plan on a quick hug and it's been an honor to, to have you here with us. And I hope the wish and hope the best for you as you as your career continues to move on. And I, we're, you know, we're, all of us are going to work together to help, uh, you know, uh, all of the people that are up and coming and coming out of this disaster, coming back into where you can finally perform again. Man, do we need people like you to make us laugh. Thank you. And I wish you the absolute best. God bless you. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All of you out there, thank you for joining us here today. Appreciate you guys very much. I hope you all have a great weekend and enjoy just a chill Friday. Appreciate you guys very much. We will see you guys tonight with the ADHD show. Look forward to that. And then uh, we'll be back on Monday, 5 Eastern, 4 Central, every day. Same old stuff. Lots of good stuff happening next week. Uh, We have actually, I want to make sure I get that guest on Monday, is Christopher Wright. Wright. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Wright from uh, RSBN will be hanging out with us. And we had a great discussion with our other correspondent the other day. So that's going to be cool as well. With that, I want to say much love and God bless you all. Have a great weekend. We will see you guys the next time I see you. Much love. God bless. Much love. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.